Welcome to the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, a show where we talk about HVAC business ownership and financial freedom by sharing stories and advice of experts who can help you get there. Now your host, John Victoria. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, everybody. This is John Victoria from the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast, and we have a banger of a podcast for you today. Uh, first off, I just want to say that the actual inspiration for this for the podcast actually came from Logan, who's with us today. And so, you know, me and Logan have been friends for I think two to three years now. We met at a mastermind quite some number of years ago, stayed in contact, and he has such an incredible story. We share a lot in common in terms of background and upbringing. But before we hop into that, just want to, you know, first off, say and welcome and congratulate you for uh, Inc. 5000. Yeah. What, what's the number on, on the list for fastest growing company? So we, we hit 983. 983. So we the number 983 fastest growing, growing privately held company in the United States. Jeez. That is like top 1%. Like, wait, like, I don't even know what, what percentage I'd be like. You are top tier. And how does it feel like hitting that? That's <laughs> uh, well, just, just like in true entrepreneur fashion, you know, you, you hit something and then one of two things is going to happen. I'm either going to go, Oh, this is amazing. Let's celebrate it for three minutes and, and move on to the next goal. Or I go, well, that's cool. But like we have all these other things that need to get going. So like, yes. again, let's celebrate for three minutes and get back to work. So it feels cool. It's cool validation. Really what it did for me was we grew really fast. Um, you know, cause like this, this rating is from, 2018 through 2021 it's all it's top line revenue which yes we all know at the end of the day you know i mean shoot uber makes so much money but they lose so much money so like yes john you and i we we're way more profitable and we make more money than uber does but their top line's way higher so it is a top line uh measurement but it's cool to see how fast we've grown and like kind of let me know like hey look man like if you don't keep up this pace that's okay because this is a, a screaming fast pace. It's okay to slow down a little bit. So it feels good to understand like really how fast we grew. Awesome. And for those of, for the people who are not familiar, could you also speak to the contractor growth network? I yep. know that there's been different pieces to it over time, you know, some of it with coaching, some of it with services. Could you talk to like what the mission is and what you guys do? Yeah. So uh, I own a company called Contractor Growth Network. It is a marketing agency for contractors, kind of like what John does. He and I collaborate a lot on what's working, what's not working, because it's high tide rises all ships. Um, but what we really do is we really focus on three, four things, really. But two of them kind of go together. One is strategy. Two is websites. Three is going to be SEO. And four is going to be video marketing. So um, we've tried a bunch of different things. Essentially, what we have done is I come from uh, like my dad's a pond contractor. So I come from the contracting world. I grew up in it. Um, I worked uh, in the field during the summers and stuff like that. And just to give you like my 90 second background, um, and then we can go from wherever you want from there, but I think it's relevant. Um, I would work in the summer with him and my dad as a pond contractor, he had a different company before, um, grew that really big, sold it, did very well financially. And then when the dot-com bubble crashed, because I know this is like the financial freedom podcast, so we can talk yeah. finances. Um, dot-com bubble crashed back in 01, um, 2000, 2001. A lot of his money got wiped out, so he had to go back to work. Well, he had a pond, he started a pond company, didn't know anything about ponds, but just had a buddy that did it. And over the span of 20 years of, of owning it, and he has now since sold it, um, I mean, they made like top pond company in the United States several times. Wow. Um, I started doing the marketing for him back in 2014. We went to a conference together. And when we came back, he said, Logan, uh, the marketing company that I'm using, it's like a local marketing company that just does generalized local marketing. Um, they're not really effective and it's not working. And if I'm going to waste money on marketing, I might as well waste it on my own son. And I was like, okay, well, I think that's a compliment. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um but we started doing the marketing together and there was a guy that you have the book, but his name is Tom Reber, but he started coaching me one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. John's got it up there. If, if you're on podcasts, you'll just visualize it. But um, he started coaching me on, on how to do the marketing and the stuff really started to work. And 
the leads were, were increasing and it was all really focused on content, um, blogging, video, stuff like that. Um, and then fast forward, I mean, he's now got, I'm pretty sure, aside from the actual manufacturer, like the most powerful pond website out there. Like we, there's not one that I know, like it sounds weird when it's like, it's the most powerful one in the world, but we haven't, aside from Aquascape, who's the manufacturer, we haven't found a, a one that's more trafficked and more heavily used. And it was all because we just did the right stuff, did content, did all the SEO things to allow people to come in. Um, 2017, I started my own company contractor growth network and I'm doing the exact same things that I did for my dad back in the day that we now still work with that company with the new owners, but I now do it for other contractors as well. I love that. And, um, and really just, I mean, just what, cause what a lot of agencies do is they get into the game and they don't have that deep intimate understanding of the contracting space. And I think that one big value add that you provide is that you know, your dad, he, he, he's built and sold companies in the contracting space. And so you had such an intimate understanding, which is such a big value add to, to contractors. Um, and, and I guess before we hop into the meat of the presentation, the other thing I wanted to highlight was, um, you know, you, ever since I've known you, you've been a very high performing entrepreneur and also looking back at your history, like, I don't think that that's a, I mean, that's not a surprise, right? You're a D1 athlete. Um, you know, you went through SEAL training. Could you talk through some of those past experiences and how that brought you to today, whether that was mindset? Cause you know, a lot of people don't just become D1 athletes and not everyone just happens to go to buds. Like, can you talk through those experiences and like some things that they taught you? Yeah, I would say as a whole, um, I've been described as intense personality wise. I don't think that that's the case, but I can imagine what it's like to go on a first date with me because I'm going to drill you <laughs> with some questions. So, but that was, that was like the household that I grew up in. Like with my dad, he's also very intense. Like, you know, he's very, very big on financial freedom. So every, every girl I would bring home would, what do you do for work? Oh, that's pretty cool. What do you, what do you make? And I'm like, dad, come on, man. Like you can't ask that stuff, <laughs> but you kind of just figure out what you want or what you want to know and you go after it. So for me, I grew up, um, I was a springboard and platform diver. So think about like in the Olympics, you know, you got people that jump off and do a dive. That's what I did. Um, I started that sophomore year of high school actually. So I was pretty late to the game. I was a gymnast prior, but, um, started that sophomore year and I actually got a scholarship to go dive at Virginia tech. So, um, Hokies. went to school. Yeah. Go Hokies, baby. Um, <laughs> And when we went to when I went to school there, there was already another guy. He was like the the captain of the team, and he was like the first like really good diver in the history of tech. So like everybody loved him. Um, he would get like top three at conferences and stuff like that. And when I came in, um, he was captain, all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? Like he's top dog. Like I'm cool. I'm gonna take a back seat. And my goal is just every meet. If I can just get second, you know, if there's another good diver, maybe third, I'll be happy. And then at the end of my freshman year, I that's kind of like the light bulb moment like went on for me where I was like, you know what? I'm coasting. I was mm. like, I'm, I'm okay with second place, third place in school. You know, I was, I was a biology major. Um, and I was just like, I just wasn't really all that like happy with how I was doing. I was simply just checking the boxes to do stuff. Um, come sophomore year, I changed majors from biology to chemical engineering. Um, I, Decided to step it up in the weight room, decided to step it up in the diving uh, well, all that stuff. Um, and I really got super, super, super focused on just like, if I'm going to do this thing, I might as well rock it. Like, this is what I want to do. So through the end of college, I actually did uh, a fifth year as well, but, um, you know, ended up, you know, I was a four-time All-American. I wow. won conferences several times, like Scholar Athlete of the Year for the entire ACC, all that stuff. And, and I bring it up you know, I graduated degree in chemical engineering. I bring all that up because for me, what then, what I was doing was I was like, if I'm going to do this, I like, why would I not want to be the best? Why would I not just do everything I can to like hit these marks that I'm like setting for myself? Um, and then from there, what happened was I knew about at the end of freshman year, early sophomore year, I grew up, you know, my, my parents were not in the military, but I grew up right near Annapolis. So mm -hmm. I, I used to go to 
without, you know, younger diving camp at the Naval Academy. We'd go yeah. walk around Annapolis and I mean, shit, I've probably seen Top Gun 30 times. Um, my now my younger brother Colby, he's actually a helicopter pilot in the Navy. So nice. we grew up like around all that and I always kind of had it in the back of my mind. And I originally was like looking at going to the Naval Academy for diving, but I wanted a, a more uh, holistic program. Like I wanted to go somewhere that was a good program that was good at diving um, that I was going to get better. Cause I knew I got the rest of my life to do the Navy stuff if I want, Yes, but I only have one shot to have fun in college and do this diving thing. So, um, but at the end of my freshman year, I then was like, you know what, I, what am I going to do after college? Even though it's pretty early on. And I started at that point, like I want to go for this Navy SEAL thing. Cause if I'm going to be able to like make my mark on this world, this is how I'm going to do it. And it was all because I grew up in this household with my dad who was successful, right? He, his first company, he was really successful financially. He was never around. He sold that. And the second company, the pawn one, he flipped the switch and he said, you know what? I'm going to make money and I'm going to be around for the family. And I, I started to realize at that point, like I'm, I'm here because of the upbringing that I had, like we all have our challenges and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm at this school with these, you know, skills and this drive and desire because I had two parents that were showing up to all my dive meets, my siblings meets and, and as well. They were, they were around. We never needed for anything. I mean, we, we all wanted shit cause we're kids, but of course. We needed, yeah, we didn't need anything. So it was very, it was a very good household. And I was like, I, I want other little Logans to grow up with that same feeling I, you know, this is, that's where the military like desire comes in. And then I'm, I'm like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to be with the best because I've always pushed myself for that. Like, why would I not do that? Um, so I graduate college, go through all the selection process, go through pre-buds, get selected as an uh, officer candidate, which is probably, I don't know, 40 people a year get into that. Um, go to OCS, which is boot camp for officers, make, you know, get through that. That's just more of a thing you got to do. Um, and then I go out to San Diego and I'm in buds now. And the whole thing was you have a slot or a billet to be an officer in buds. And that's like why you're going in. Um, what ended up happening is you go through um, a few weeks of like PTR or like pre buds, like just kind of like getting you prepped to go in. And then you go through first phase. And that first phase is like, if you've ever seen the movie, like American Sniper, where like at the beginning, you're just getting the crap kicked out of you. Yeah. That's what that is. So I'm going through that. The first three weeks of uh, first phase is like, you know, they just crush you over and over and over. Um, and then hell week comes in that fourth week. And I made it, they front load front hell week pretty heavily. Um, it's so funny in American sniper, like the thing that gets everybody, it's not really the cold, the cold's cold, but you can deal with it. Um, it's the logs are fine. It's, you got to run with this freaking boat on your head with five other dudes and you're like sprinting. And that wrecked me like to no end. And the first bit of hell week is like 14 mile run with this boat on your head. And not, not the first thing, but like, I probably ended up making it, I don't know, 14 hours in. And then I remember going to the instructor and, cause I kept falling out and the instructor's like, Hey, Shinholster, like, what are you doing, man? And I was like, Nope, I'm good. And then we started running again and I fell out from under the boat again. And I was like, Hey, you know what? You're right. I'm done. And I remember like, he was like, Hey, look, sir, like you're good. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, this doesn't like define you. And I'm like, all right, that's like a, a weird pep talk from the instructor, but like, I'll take it, you know, like, cause I think they know I just like quit on my dream. And then I remember on my, I was walking away and he was like, Oh, sir, you forgot something. I'm like, I turn around and he's holding that bell. And I had to walk mm. back with my head down ring the bell, call out to the class that I'm out. And that was it. So then from there, I get out of the Navy. Um, I actually go up to indeed.com in San Francisco, do inside sales while I'm doing this stuff nights and weekends for my dad. And then I start this company in 2017. So I learned a lot. It was a very humbling experience. Um, my big two takeaways from the whole buds experience was one, I can't check the box. Um, kind of like what I was doing my freshman year of, of college. I was checking the box saying, well, I'm lifting, I'm going to class, I'm doing my homework, you know, like I'm doing everything I can. Why am I not crushing it? I did the same thing when it came to training for buds. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was simply like checking the box saying I'm passing all the tests. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do, but I wasn't really like in it per se. Um, 
as much as I thought I was. And the second thing that I learned was uh, everybody's a really good leader when the wind's at your back. So for mm. me, I always had a pretty clear, you know, successful career up until that point. You know, I didn't make the Olympics, but I got fifth at trial. So I was a couple spots out. So I was always like kind of close, but I was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this. Um, but I realized like when shit's hitting the fan and it's really, really tough, like that's really when you learn what kind of leader you are there. And I mean, I still think back to that now, like when it comes to like tough decisions in the business here, like I think back to like, am I going to fold like how I did back then? Or am I going to step up and be who I need to be? So I still carry a lot of that stuff with me today because it really did. I mean, between the college and Navy thing, those were like years 18 through 25, which are like yes. pretty formidable years still on like your early adulthood. So I still carry that stuff with me, but um, yeah, man, I mean, I learned a lot during it. It was, uh, I don't regret any of it, but man, it was, it was different. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you got to, I mean, even just trying to do all those things and you having accomplished a lot of those things, like most people won't even go for it, right. To go, to try to go to buds or to become a D one athlete. Like it's, it's very rare that it happens. And one thing I will say is that um, one thing that I, I notice along your, 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 your story trajectory, it's not just about what you've been doing. Cause you, you've done a lot, but it's also the man that you've become as part of that process and pushing yourself and the lessons of pushing through the times where, you know, you might want to feel like quitting, like you're going to carry those stories and you, you carry those stories now into your business today. And I think that's a very beautiful thing because, I mean, I, I feel like most people don't know what it's truly like to push themselves to their limit, to see like what really getting as close as they can to their full potential. And that's something that you've done on a physical level, like definitely through the athlete and buds, but also the mental perspective as well. Um, and I love that distinction between just coasting, like doing the checkbox thing, because that's that's how a lot of people live their lives. Right. It's like, you know, I you know went to college, got this degree. Then, you know, now I found someone to marry. And then I, you know, it's just checking the boxes off, but never really knowing like who who can they truly become. And that's something that I see weaved into your story. And I think that's the foundation that CGN stands on today. Um, and, um, and also for those people who don't know as well, that's, that's uh, the Navy stories where Logan and I story connect, you know, I went to the Naval Academy and gone through that experience. And so when I first met Logan, I almost thought I was meeting my twin, like, you know, twin in a way, like psychologically, because our story is connected in, in such a, a close way that I, I wouldn't have expected it. But, um, but awesome. So yeah, it's, I love the mindset stuff. And I think, so mindset is one of the things that you would also talk about within your company, but also to contractors as well. Right. Is that something that you guys coach on or? Yeah. So we, we used, so essentially what we did was we, what we were doing was we would, we realized with all the, like the marketing stuff that we're doing, like a lot of what we do, especially let's say like on the website, right. When, when we, build a website for somebody that is a direct representation of their brand. And we just like most every other companies, but we like, we really try to go after the companies that are already doing the right stuff, right? They are showing up on time. I mean, you know, the difference of like the HVAC contractor that's like, you know, I'll be there between 8am and 5pm, like the direct TV style versus those that are like, Hey, we've got a schedule. We've got this whole, like we have our stuff dialed in. And it's way easier to market those people because, you know, they already have a good brand. They're doing the right operational things. For us, we obviously like to go through that. But what we also do is with these websites and this branding and stuff is it's almost like this identity piece. Meaning if you look at your truck right now or your van and you see it's got rust on it, you don't even have a full truck wrap. but just like a magnet, which you know, you just slap on there when you're, you're heading to and from the, the job. I mean, essentially what you're doing is you're signaling to people. I'm doing this part time because it's a magnet. You've just flipping it on there. It looks like crap. Like that is kind of like the whole idea of like dress for the job that you want, not the job that you have. It's the same thing. So if you were to then wake up in the morning, walk out to your van and it's fully wrapped, it looks good. You spend a money, a lot of money on the wrap. You, you know, take care of your vehicle. It's a completely different mindset going into it and that's a lot of what 
we like to to do with people is we when they get the website, they get the branding, and they start to get these positive reinforcing messages from prospects, clients, friends, family, stuff like that. Well, now they've just assumed and leveled up in a different identity business owner wise, mm-hmm. right? Like I remember that mastermind group that you and I are in John or used to be in John. Um, I mean, I, it was 24 grand for six months and I sweat my credit card paid in full for 24 grand. And I remember at that point, the notion of a one-time payment of 24,000 no longer was an unachievable thing that I could invest in. It now then set the tone for if something's five grand, I'm like, oh, it's only five grand. Like I'll make it work. So it kind of minimized the money piece for me because it really was like, oh, wow. Like there's a whole other level of money that I'm not even like recognizing. So that identity piece of you really need to know if you're a business owner that you need to be confident in yourself as a business owner because what happens is if, if, if I can't even lead myself, I can't then lead somebody else. And if I can't lead somebody mm-hmm. else, I can't lead a team. And if I can't lead a team, then I can't lead the team when I'm not there. And it all has yes. to go in order. So a lot of it is we don't coach necessarily on the mindset piece, but we're very big on you got to get your mindset right. That's typically where we send them over to like the contractor fight and Reber's group on, mm-hmm. on all the um, uh, the mindset stuff because that's, that's their whole game is like, look, like you could be a C player in an A environment and you're going to beat an A player in a C environment. And it all kind of starts with like the six inches between your ears. So we don't coach on it, but we're very, very big on it. I mean, I listen to a ton of mindset stuff because, you know, I remember in college, the coaches were like telling me, Oh yeah, Logan, there's this one swimmer that man, if they just got their, their head, right, they would be really good. And I'm like, that's every freaking sport. What you just described was somebody who's tall. Like, yeah, if Le- you know, LeBron's 6'10", six, six, 240 of just straight muscle. But man, if he just got his mindset right, he would be good. It's like, well, yeah, like, you know, that's, that's everybody. But he has his mindset right. So it's a big part of the game. Love that. And yeah, just just to kind of like highlight that for everyone who's listening, it's it's that identity portion. So, I mean, it can happen two ways, right? You know, you can first get your mind right, and then the external reflects that. But also, mm-hmm. Logan, you, you spoke to... Okay, let's let's externally the way that I dress, maybe the way that the trucks are wrapped, the way that our website looks, that also can shift the change internally as well. And it's it's really just shifting what's possible and what's normal for you in your business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe if you've always been used to, maybe if everyone in your family has never made more than fifty k a year or a hundred k a year, that's going to be normal for you, and you're going to be stuck at that limit. Unless, like you said, you put yourself in a different environment, you get exposed to different sources, and that up levels your identity. But again, it can be internal as well as external shifts. Correct. Um, love 100%. that. And, and it's it's powerful too, right? I mean, it's really what guides us. Like whatever we believe that we are, we are going to try to fulfill that. Um, and our results are, are evidence of that. Yeah. And it's the, the old adage of, you know, you're the average of your five closest friends. It, you know, I don't look at it just as like the five people you hang out with. Like I think of it as like the five inner most commonly interacted with people. So like for a while there, I was like, yeah, one of my top five is Gary V. Cause I was listening to so much Gary V. I was like, I, I listen to more of him than I listen to, my, you know, my wife. So like, sorry, babe, but <laughs> You got beat out by Gary Vee, you know, as far as my top five. So it's just, it's it's also who you're bringing in. So if you're, yes. you know, like, let me give you an example. So with my younger brother, TJ, he is, uh, he has his own pond company now down here in Charlotte and he has his first employee and he's trying, we're talking about how to get like this first employee. His name's Kyle, one of his buddies, more business minded and stuff. And he's like, yeah, sometimes when I talk about it with him, like he just doesn't really want to listen. And like, he's not really like into the business stuff. And I'm like, well, what would happen if just on the way to the job site, instead of listening to music or talking in the morning, you just say, Hey, I'm trying to listen to this book for me on tape or like an audio book. And then you just listen right there. It's like, unless he's going to like deliberately put headphones in and not listen, which is a whole different topic of discussion. But He's going to consume that stuff. So it's like a roundabout way. That's how you can get him more in line on the business side of bring up, you know, listen to the stuff in the car or in the truck on the way to the job site. And then you can just be like, oh man, did you just hear what they said? Like, how do you think that would work in our business? 
Mm. And it's just like, cause now you're consuming the same stuff input wise and now everybody's on the same page. And we have clients that are like that where they're like, well, I just can't get my team on board. I'm like, how much, like how much of the stuff that you're listening to and consuming, are they also listening to and consuming? Because otherwise you are growing mindset wise at let's say five miles an hour and they're not growing at all. So you're just constantly opening this wider and wider gap between yes. you and them. And now you're going to feel like you're even more on an Island and you're either going to have to a get them brought up, you know, speed wise or B find new people that are either where you're at or they're willing to go on this journey with you. Yes. And I think that's a beautiful transition because, uh, you know, for today, I also want to talk about video marketing. And w you are one of the reasons why I began digging in deeper with a lot of this stuff. You know, I'll say, you know, as a as a primarily focused SEO company, uh, Pollyanna, like we it's all about ranking and getting to the top of Google. But there's some of these other other elements which we haven't looked at, which are so important. And so some of the books that I recommended uh, was they ask you answer, have this right here and also the visual sale. This was on video marketing. And so I guess one of the things I want to open up was the power that video can have on a contracting company. And I just wanted to I know that's one of the things that you're rolling out in your company as one of the primary offerings. And so um, I guess maybe before we hop into the tactical, like why should someone even consider doing this? Um, I, there's a lot of, I guess, upfront costs that someone might be afraid of. Things like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because I'm not good on camera. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I have to purchase all this expensive equipment. Um, first off, like why should someone do this? And kind of like, let's walk through like how someone would approach it if, if they began to start with video in their company. So, so the reason why you should be doing video, is it's either going to be, there's two different like trains of thought, like based off like where you are in the business. If you're newer and starting out, that's one thing versus if you've already got a fleet of 30 vehicles right? There's like two different ways to do it. So on the smaller side of things, um, let's just go there first. So if you're newer, newer HVAC company, you're just kind of coming to the game, or maybe you've been around for some time, but you've always been kind of stuck at, you know, it's, it's not big or not big enough where you want to be. Um, what video first is going to do for you is it's going to give you a voice. All right. So what happens with a lot of contracting company owners is, especially when they first start off, people are, are hiring you obviously due to the service, but they're buying into you, right? So right now, John, like who sells the work for you? Is it you or do you have a salesman? Currently it's, it's myself. Okay. And people are buying into you. So when they talk to you, they obviously want the results. They want you to do all the work for them, but at the same time, they trust John. Well, that's the same thing with, small business as a whole is a lot of times they're not hiring this company versus that company because, you know, you can fix a furnace better than somebody else is typically because of all the other things that go into it. And a lot of that is who the actual owner is that's doing the service. So when we talk to clients, I'm like, Hey man, who's selling all the work? Oh, I am. Okay. Well, why are they going with you? Well, honestly, it's probably because they just like me. And I'm like, okay, if they like you and you're the reason that they're moving forward, What's a way that you can get more people to like you at an easier scalability aspect of it? And they're like, oh, I guess video. I'm like, yeah, that's it. It's essentially you're just taking all instead of having a one on one conversation. It's the exact reason that we're doing this podcast right now, John, because you and I could have I mean, we had this conversation in Costa Rica, like pretty, pretty similar conversation that we're having now in Costa Rica. And we're like, well, you know who else should listen to this? Every freaking HVAC company out there. And yes. that's why we're on this. So it's the same thing where instead of doing sales and, and trying to market one-to-one -one, saying like, oh, I'm going to, you know, relationship wise, I'm going to build up a one-to-one -one relationship. Well, now you get to have these same conversations broadcast it out there and people who are wanting to seek this stuff out will find it. So it, it helps put your best salesman on a platform where more and more people can see it. And at the end of the day, that is what every company wants is they want if they're doing the right stuff, they want to get their message out there to everybody across the board. So for the small guy that's starting off or anything like that, video is like one of the greatest weapons. It's like videos and reviews are like one of the greatest weapons that you can have because it's going to help give you a voice that you previously did not have. All right. And then for the larger scale companies, what this will do is you can now really showcase the legitimacy of your company. Right. Like just like how you have a, you know, 
you got your vehicles wrapped, you've got SEO, you're popping up in different spots, but the more that you can tell your brand story and you can show videos of what it looks like to be a client of yours, well, now more and more people are going to go, well, I also want to work with this company. I'm in. And video allows you to tell the stories. And essentially it's like every, I truly think that everybody's got something interesting and unique about them, whether we, we can seek it out or not. That's a whole different side of it, but everybody is interesting in their own right. And I think every company has a, a, a unique story of how they came to be or something that they do is special. And video allows you to tell those undertold stories because then the market, AKA the, your local community can decide is that story convincing or compelling enough for me to want to work with that company or pay them more money than the other competitors, which is really what we want. Um, and, but you're now putting all your cards on the table. You're essentially showing them in video form, like this is the quote unquote resume of my business. We, these are the things that it, we can do for you. This is what it looks like to be a customer of ours. And then the people, AKA the local community can then determine, is that worth the extra money? But they, a lot of times people don't know why stuff is worth it if we don't give them a reason why it's worth it. So now all it is is, well, your company is at, I mean, shoot, like the electrician that we just hired is twice as much as the last electrician that we had, but they're way more legit. They showed up on time. They put on the booties when they walk in versus the other guy that's a really nice guy, but he's just, just showing up when he wants to show up. Doesn't really like put on the booties or anything. So it's just a very different mm. level of service, but video allows you to showcase that up front because otherwise if you're a big company and you're more expensive and you got all this extra overhead and that's why you're more expensive, well show that and put it in a way that it makes sense to people to go, well, that's why they're more expensive. They pay their technicians more than everybody else, which means that I'm getting a happier technician in my home. Yes. But if all we say is like, look, yeah, like, I learned that from my dad because he would say that to clients and clients would be like, well, you're twice as much as everybody else. And he would say, well, that's because I pay my guys, you know, like my top guys up in the DC area, a hundred grand a year. They're like, you know how much it costs to live up here. Would you rather me send somebody over that is pissed off because they make so little to your house? Or do you want somebody that's happy to be in this job coming into your house? Well, those are the stories that you get to tell to people on why you're more expensive. And if you put that in video form, you can then describe that and then pop that on your website. So if you are more expensive, you could say, you know, like, and we have clients that do this. We are a higher price than others. Here's why. And then they describe it because it's not a mystery. Yes. It's not like I'm going to call one company and go, oh, well, that's, that's all I needed to know. I'm good. Like they're, they kind of know the going rates. They're going to call around a little bit. And if you actually say, let me jump ahead of this. Let me take the, the, President Obama approach of instead of waiting for you to come to me and say, I heard you smoked weed and now it's a scandal. I'm going <laughs> to jump ahead of it and say, Hey, I smoked weed when I was younger. Here's why I did it. And now like nobody's nobody bats an eye. Everybody now praises him for it. It's the same thing. And video allows you to jump ahead of it. And that way it's no longer like, Oh, you're way more expensive. It's like, Hey, here's why we are typically higher priced than other people. And then the, the consumers, the market gets to determine Oh, is that worth it or not? So that's kind of how you can do video and why. I love it. And and I guess just to sum it up as well, like video marketing truly is about building trust at scale. There's yes. common objections and like things that people will say, right? It's going to be around, you know, who the company is, or it could be around pricing or, you know, there's a, there's a list of, there's not an infinite number of objections. Like they all really stem back to a few core objections and you're saying you whether you're a small contractor or whether you're a big company you're able to leverage the power of video to proactively address those concerns build trust which and then in turn allows you to to price better and to win business a lot easier because you've been able to set it up that way yeah like the the way that we view it is there's really five things that uh, consumers want to know when they're buying something first can you actually solve my problem second What's it going to cost ballpark? Third, how long is it going to take? AKA, when's it going to happen? Fourth, what's the basic process of making it happen? And fifth, and this is the one that kind of comes all together. Are you legitimate and professional enough to be able to take my money at the price point that you're giving me? So 
that's what we want to do is we want to essentially say people, look, we can solve your problem. This is ballpark, what it's going to cost, how long it's going to take. This is the process of working together. And then let me show you on the professionalism why we're worth it. Well, video, nobody else is really doing that in the contracting space. Like the beautiful thing about what you and I do, John, is we are not coming up with these brand new concepts. In my opinion, we're taking what worked really well in the marketing world three to five years ago and just applying it to uh, an industry that's five to 10 years behind. Mm -hmm. So with this video stuff, it's, YouTube's not brand new. YouTube's yeah. been around since like 06, right? But now more and more people are starting to get into it because it's becoming more mainstream. But I mean, I started my YouTube channel five years ago, right? And it's just been building, building, building. So we're taking stuff that we know works and then just applying it to a market that has never done it. And to them, they're like, it's great because it's like, oh, this is this groundbreaking thing. I've never seen a contractor do it. Well, yeah, you've seen other companies do it, but not a contracting company. So you will stand out in your market in a very big way because if you got the option of a company that's very transparent and upfront and honest with their stuff versus one that they may be honest, but if they're not actually transparent and like showing you the things that you really want to know when it comes to hiring a contracting company, you're going to go with the first company every day of the week. Yes. I love that. And so let's imagine right now I'm sold. Let's say I'm an HVAC contractor. Yes. I need to do video. Let me get started today. Yeah. I, I can imagine that if I didn't know anything about video marketing, I would be very overwhelmed, right? Again, it's like equipment, what to say, how to approach it. Do I need to write a script? You know, do I need to buy like a thousand, two thousand dollar camera, mics and all this stuff? How, how if you were to recommend advice, like how would someone begin to get even started with this? Because it seems like a it can be like an overwhelming thing if you don't know anything about, you know, marketing yourself with video online. So the, the first thing to, to really think about on the equipment wise is the best camera that you're going to have is the one that you typically have on you, meaning your phone. Your phone is good enough. It's strong enough. Like that's all you need is you need your phone, right? Then from there, and when you start off, you just, you probably won't have a mic or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and that's fine. But the, the next thing that you got to get into is the audio, right? And that's where you want to buy a mic. We have wired mics that we use that cost 60 bucks that plug right into your phone. And then eventually what we um, are now telling clients that have been doing this for a while and they're comfortable, hey, let's step up to a wireless mic because then you can be, you know, 15 yards away somebody filming you and you can still pick up the audio without seeing a long cord there. So all in all, even if you go that wireless mic route, all in all, you can buy all your equipment aside from the phone for less than 500 bucks. We, I mean, here at, for, I mean, shit, we do a ton of media at our company and even camera wise, like we, we primarily just use our phones because they're getting that good and it's easy enough to just transfer it from a phone to somewhere else. So the first thing is, and we, we have an equipment list. I can send it over to you, John, to like yeah. send out. But I mean, it's really, you got your phone, you got a microphone, you got a wireless connector. If you want to go that route, a tripod and a phone clip that goes on the tripod and that's it. So it really is basic. But at the end of the day, what we most, what most people do is they go, I know I need to do video, but let me come up with all these reasons why I can't. It, the first thing they typically say is, I don't have the right equipment. And people will go out and buy, you know, drones and buy all these expensive, you know, cameras. And I'm like, you don't, that's not going to make you do video. Like, hmm. if you really want to do video, pull your phone out and let's start doing it. But getting a drone is not, that's, that's not going to help you because typically what happens is people that go out and buy all this expensive equipment and they use that as the, well, I can't get started until I have this. Typically are the people that, will drone two projects and then put the drone in the garage and never use it again. So it's a waste of money because they were using this fake obstacle to say, this is why I can't do it. And then once they bought the thing, they still didn't do it. So it doesn't matter what you have. As long as you have a smartphone, you have more than enough to be able to use video for your business. Got it. And yeah, for anyone listening, I think a concept that just sums up sums it up is done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, yes, yes, you could buy all this equipment out there, but really the goal is how do we get into the habit first of working through creating a video? You're going to learn so much. 
you know, just using your phone, even if you have a mic, you can literally just use your phone and, and start with that. Um, there's a lot of things, yes, that you technically could have to improve it, but just getting started, there's gonna be so much value in that. Um, and also just speed of implementation, right? You know, we don't want it to wait for Amazon to ship the packages, you, you know, let's say it comes, it's the wrong thing. And then by that point, you just got so busy with life. And now the idea of even doing video, is not even of interest to you anymore. And so speed of implementation done is better than perfect in terms yep. of the equipment. So let's assume that now I have the equipment. Let's say I have my phone. I want, I'm going to a few jobs today and I want to start shooting some video content. Now, how do I approach it? Like, what, what am I shooting? What's the content? Do I need to come up with a script? Like, how, how should I think about now the actual shooting of the content? So there, there's two different types of content that we like to talk about. One is going to be the more static ones, meaning once you create it once, you don't really have to create it that many times, right? So, for example, like an About Us video about the company. You don't need to create a new About Us video every single day, right? Like, that's just not a thing. You just need to create that once pop it on your website and you're good to go. Same with, um, you know, like employee intros and stuff like that. So once you have it done once, you're good. Then the other side is going to be the ongoing, like let's show different things on how we do this and different project profiles and things like that. So to start off in the first video, uh, the first side of it is like the static or more like one-time videos. Let's just go through like something easy, like employee or technician intros. So let's say you've got a HVAC company, you've got, I don't know, 10 technicians, right? Well, that is somebody that is, I'm inviting this stranger as a homeowner into my home. I don't know who they are. All I know is they work for this one company and this one company hopefully has a, a large enough brand and enough reviews that I'm like, okay, I trust them. Well, one of our clients, they, he's a painting contractor. What he does is he's got, uh, I think seven different crews, like painting crews. So he's got seven different project managers. Well, each of those project managers has a, a 90 second about me video that's on the website. Well, what they also do is before the project manager goes out to the house, they, they like the office will send that client. Hey, you're off. You know, your PM today is John. Here's a video of him introducing himself. So now the homeowner who's maybe a little bit nervous inviting somebody new into their home now has a 90 second video of John saying, Hey, my name's John. I actually live up here in Northern Virginia. I went to the Naval Academy. Now this is what I do. Um, some of the things I love about working here are X, Y, and Z. I would say my probably my favorite moment on the job is this. So essentially it's you're sending over somebody saying, this is who I am proactively. And that, I mean, that spreads like how many HVAC companies are legitimately sending out who they're, uh, who they're, who's coming out to the house other than, Hey, John's on his way or John calling saying, Hey, Logan, I'm on my way. But now it's like, this is who you're going to have. Right. So wow. then now you can have, if you have the technicians on your website, now you can have videos for each one. So you're seeing, you're not inviting some, you know, sketchy person in your home. You're inviting John, the family man who's here because he loves, you know, helping other families when their AC goes out or their heat, you know, goes out. So that's the one side of it is, is getting those videos that you really need to have once the about us employee intros, uh, maybe the process of working together is another really big one that we like to focus on. So those are big. Right. And then as far as scripting, we have scripts that we have. It's really more open Q&A. So let's say for like the employee intro one, like we know the questions that need to be answered. So typically the way that we do it is we'll sit a, a contractor down and we do it all interview style. And we'll just say, all right, John, let's start off, man. Like, what's your name and what's your position at the company? And you go, hey, I'm John. I've been here for four years. I'm like, OK, perfect. Next question. And it's all kind of open Q&A. And then when we just edit it. All we really have to do is chop out the parts of Logan asking the questions to John. And we just keep John's parts in there. Maybe if it, if it seems unnatural, just at the bottom, we'll have a little text that just says, like that just kind of shows the question that we asked. But it's supposed to be raw. It's supposed to be unfiltered because this is not, you know, we're not sending this out to win an Academy Award. We're literally just trying to showcase that we're transparent and as a blue collar industry that's what people want more of like they they just want somebody that's real so that's the first side of the video that really does well is getting the video putting it up on the website setting it out to clients clients love it google loves it so 
it's a win-win. Then you get your other side, which is going to be your more on the go. And there's really two styles or two types of videos that we really like to focus on. The first one is going to be like the in the field stuff. So for example, if your furnace goes out, well, there's a multitude of things that a homeowner can check because like if it's, if it's totally busted, the last thing that you want to do is drive out there, go, yeah, this thing's you're screwed. Now we got to order a new one. They could literally, you could say, Hey, look, here's the five things that you need to check. And if all five of those things are not working, you're screwed. But homeowners want to know that like what they don't want is they don't want, or at least the people that we work with and me myself, I don't want somebody to come out there. I have to stay home from work, walk, you know, the stay there for them. And then them go within five minutes. Yep. You're screwed. We got to come back and do it all over. Well, I just wasted a day of work versus, and I learned this from the pond world with my dad, but we now do this with all the industries, you know, like people would, if there's a pond that was leaking, instead of my dad driving out there and testing it all, he would tell people, Hey, do this, do this, do this. And then they would test it. And then they would be able to say, Hey, the pond is still leaking. And he would go, okay. then that means it's probably this, which is, this is the solution for it versus him having to go out there and do it all himself. But you could put this in video form and actually show people if you need to check your furnace, this is how you do it, right? Here's the couple checkpoints that you got to do. And then that way, if somebody's calling you up to say, my furnace is out, you could quickly send that over to them. They walk through it. And then they can call you back and go, hey, I did all the things that you showed me and it's still not working. And at that point, now when you show up to the person's house, you're way more prepared because you know what you got to do. So, and then also by you having those videos of how to, how to check if your furnace is busted, well, people are looking for that stuff online. And if your mm. company is the one that continues to show up over and over and over, not only are people more likely to go forward with you, but... Google also likes that because the more, uh, the stronger a brand is, the more that Google's going to want to show when somebody searches for HVAC company near me. Well, this is your way of showing people and Google that you're the expert. So not only can you use it in like your sales processes, but you can also use these. Um, you know, you post them online, Google's going to pick these up and they're going to want to show your stuff even more. So that's where all the stuff, content stuff comes in where, you know, you're, you're really just trying to help people, but what you will find out along the way is you're actually helping yourself because a, you're learning how to articulate what you do better and B you're, you're really making your time more efficient because instead of driving, I mean, shit, you live in Northern Virginia. I grew up in the DC area. I know what traffic is like up there. <laughs> you, you don't know oh, if, God. you know, you hop on 495, man. And that normally 25 minute commute is now in uh, two hours and 25 minutes. And you went all the way out there just to tell somebody within five minutes that they need a new furnace. Like that just doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense, but you can do it in a way that you get the video, you send it over to them, they can check it. And then now you know what you're up against. So you just saved a bunch of time. And those are the like more on the spot videos that you can continue where if people are asking you certain questions or, you know, there's nine different types of furnaces that you got to do. We'll have one for each. And then now you're starting to capture all that internet traffic of people that are searching for this stuff. And it makes it way easier to build the brand online, which at the end of the day, that's what everybody really wants. Amen to that. And, and yeah, you really, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's really respecting both your time as well as the other person's time, because we all know gas right now. It's August, 2022 gas prices are crazy depending on where, I mean, yeah. basically everywhere. If you're in California, it was like six, seven dollars a gallon. Um, so it's it's saving you money, but also it's a big value add to to the customers. Um, the other thing I want to highlight from an SEO standpoint is um, as of August 2022, Google is coming. They're announcing an algorithm update where they want to penalize people who have content that was just made for search engines. And so really the goal for them is how do we make our search results more valuable? And so it's instead of it being search engine first content, it's people first content. So the people that are thinking in this way and then integrating it with the most um, rich type of multimedia, which is video, uh, you are going to be helping yourself, you know, with actual sale, but also you're going to be helping yourself from an SEO standpoint, because this is genuinely helpful content. This is not just 
let's put something on the website, get some rankings. This is no, this is going to actually help build the business. It's going to help build trust. And that's also going to build your search rankings as well. And so really both these worlds um, combine uh, when it comes to, um, you know, visibility online, also with the conversion. Um, so I, another thing I wanted to, uh, you know, as we're closing on, on the hour, um, I, I can imagine there are a number of concerns that people will have when it comes to video. Again, like, I, you know, I don't look good on, actually one of my clients, they said this to me, they said, I have a face for radio. <laughs> That's what they said to me. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to be in video. They don't, you know, they don't want to be out there. They don't feel like they speak well. How can someone get over some of these concerns? I mean, and there's some of them can be legitimate, but some of it might be mindset. But how does someone get over that hurdle of even getting into the game? Because, you know, that's they have the equipment. They might know what to say. Can I hire someone else to speak for me? Like, how do we address some of those concerns? Uh, being on video is a lot like public speaking. I mean, it's just like some people enjoy it. Like, I, I mean, even for me, though, like when I first started, like I was pretty nervous. You know, like, John, do you remember what your first sales call felt like? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Was it like, were you calm in the pocket? Like, yeah, if they buy, they buy, no big deal. Or are you like, damn, I hope they buy? My my heart was fluttering. I was tense. <laughs> I was tense. Yeah. And and it's like, so for me, when I first started doing sales, I was, I mean, I was just like everybody else, super nervous. Well, when I start this business, my first year in business, I didn't have all that much work. I just role played my ass off with contractors. And I did hundreds of role plays in that first year. So now when I, you know, with sales, it's more comfortable because I've just done so much of it the same way that like the first time that you're in somebody's home and you're trying to troubleshoot their issues. The first time you're probably thinking like, oh my God, what if they think that I don't know what I'm doing? Um, am I taking too long? All that stuff. And eventually you get to the point where you're comfortable with it. Video is no different. Video is, is, you know, everybody's nervous. I mean, hell, I, I didn't even know this, but people are nervous hopping on Zoom. Like, that's a thing. So that took me a little bit of time to like go, oh, wow, I didn't even know that people have this level of nerves. Um, but at the end of the day, it really comes down to you have to recognize that like video is not going away. The first realistically two dozen videos that you do, they're not going to sell anything. They're simply going to get you comfortable. The same way that your first couple dozen sales calls you probably suck. Now you might land a couple of those projects, but at the end of the day, you're just, it's just a skill set that you have to continuously build. Right. And when you started your business, that was essentially the day that you can no longer say, you know what? I'm not doing this stuff because like, I mean, we, we still work with people that are like, look, I'm just a contractor. I don't want to deal with this. I don't deal with that. I just want to do the actual work. And I'm like, well, why did you start your own business then? Like, if you don't want to have to think about any other aspect of the business, like you may not have to be the one that hits record on the, on the camera, but you got to do video. And it's like, you may not like Google, but if you got an HVAC company and you're, and you're not on Google, like you're in trouble. So you don't have to like it, but you just got to do it. And the best way to do it is honestly just to do it, just practice it. And one of the best things to do is when you start this video stuff, like don't stop, right? What most people will do is they will start a video and they'll go, oh, that was a bad answer. Let me start over. Let me start over. Let me start over. And you keep starting over. And now what you've done is you've allowed yourself to do take after take after take. And next thing you know, you're two hours in and you don't even have a video that you're that is done. You just got to freaking do it. So it is, I mean, it's a big stress that people have and they don't want to do it. And, and, and it's not fun, but at the end of the day, the, the best thing that we can do is kind of shape the path and then just let them know, like, look, you don't have to do video, but somebody else who is younger and more energetic, maybe better looking, whatever it is, is going to be doing video and they're going to win. They're going to take over your market share because clients these days, I mean, 82% of internet traffic in 2022 is video. That means that if you're not doing video, you're only rocking in that 18% category. So you don't have to like it. It's like taxes. You don't like it, but you got to do it. Because if you don't do it, you're screwed. Same thing with video. Because if you don't, if your client that's saying, I got a, a face for radio doesn't do it, that's fine. 
But if some other company in that same area says, all right, well, screw it. I got a face for radio too, but I'm happy to do it. They're going to win. And then the, uh, that first client's going to go, God damn it. Why didn't I just do it the first time when John told me? It's the same thing here. So if you don't do it, that's fine. But somebody in your area at some point will do it. And just like with all SEO stuff, I mean, we have people that are like, I don't need to do SEO because nobody else in my area does it. It's like, well, as soon as somebody does do it, then you're going to come back going, well, hey, now I need the SEO to work tomorrow because I got somebody who's been climbing up the rankings. And we're like, remember when we talked about this 18 months ago and you mm -hmm. said that you didn't need to do it? Well, now we're at that zone. And they're like, well, well, I get that. But now I need the SEO to work like really fast. We're like, unfortunately, it doesn't. it's like I don't need to lose weight. Cause you know, I'm, I'm happy at 250 pounds. And then you realize that you, you got to go to a wedding that your ex-girlfriend's at in a month. And you're like, damn, well now I need to lose 50 pounds in a week or next month. And it just doesn't work like that. So you got to get on it. You're going to get on it at some point because you're going to have to do it. You might as well just freaking do it now versus delaying. Cause the longer you delay, the more that you're going to put all this pressure and stress to make it right. Because you realize that, you now have to ramp up really fast, and that's hard. Yep. Start slow. Start off with some of those just teaching people how to do things videos, and that will make it much easier. And uh, and one experience here I'll give is uh, when I was younger, I was, I was deathly afraid um, of doing any public speaking or even talking in front of other people. Um, I remember being in the classroom and being afraid to even raise my hand. And one of the things that I did to get over that fear was – um, I did this, I did this personal challenge for myself. I had a laptop and I had a phone and every single day I just told myself I would just speak on camera for 30 minutes every day. You don't have to do 30 minutes, but I, I did 30 minutes every single day. And I challenged myself to do this for one year. And if I ever missed a day, the next day I would speak for 60 minutes. And so the goal, the entire goal of this was just to get comfortable on camera. And if you reviewed some of those initial videos, they were so cringeworthy. But the goal of it was just to get comfortable with doing this activity of being on video. And so one challenge or one opportunity for, for you as a contractor is that if you're afraid of being on video, just, just get into the habit of doing it. It doesn't matter exactly what you say. Just practice having the camera in front of you. Maybe you can speak for five minutes every single day for, for 30 days and just begin to build that habit because you're going to get better as long as you put in the reps. It's like going to the gym. If you're going to put the reps in, you're going to get stronger. Um, and so same thing with this. It's And it's something that's helped me tremendously. Like people who've known me before and now, like they're like, wow, it's a, it's a world's difference of you speaking then and now. And so it works. It's just putting the reps in when it comes to, to video. And so with that, you know, I think we're closing in on the hour. So um, any last words, Logan, of things that you want to share around video, any major takeaways? Um, and of course, like how to get in contact with you in case someone wants to reach out. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say about video is, again, we all start, we don't really know what to do, but there's so many different uses that I think the way that we think about video marketing is like, you have to have these really high production quality things. But in reality, video marketing is also... If you have to write a proposal for somebody, like you went out, you did an estimate and you came back and now you got a whole proposal, you got two options. You can either send it over to the person and hope like hell that they sign it, or you can send it over with an actual video. And this is what we have clients that will do this, that they will send it over like with the proposal on their screen. And they just do a screen recording of the screen and their face, just walking down the proposal. Hey, John, uh, here's the proposal right here. Let me kind of walk you through it in the course of three minutes, because all they're going to see is the price. But you're going to now be able to describe, hey, look, we got this, we got this. Hey, and, and when we do, you know, a 16 steer, this is what it's going to do for your, your house. Like people love that stuff, right? So you get to now add a little bit more uh, personality to it, a little bit more reasoning to it, because otherwise, you know, you're going to have to type all that stuff out. People want the entire message from you and nice. video gets that point across. So it's not just this one way of doing it. There's so many different ways that, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, like what this can do, but video at the end of the day, it's just a, a, a medium. It's just a way to get your stuff out there, but leverage it. It'll, it'll work for you 10 times over and over and over. Um, easiest way to connect with us, go to contractorgrowthnetwork.com. That's the best way. We got stuff on there. We got a lot of helpful tips and tricks and 
I'm actually writing this whole and first off, John, I didn't even know you had a book. It's funny. I was talking to you about it in Costa Rica <laughs> about how I'm like writing a whole document on marketing. And you're like, dude, that's so cool. And then like three days later, you're like, hey, man, mine's a bestseller. I'm like, you didn't even mention this to me. Like, you just let me go on and on and on. And you were just like hyping me up. But why didn't you tell me? So I, I'm slowly publishing that on our own website about tips and tricks and stuff. So contractorgrowthnetwork.com, that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Love it. And yeah, thanks so much, Logan, for the time. I mean, this was such a pleasure for me because you are someone in the space that I look up to a lot. And I mean, just knowing you, knowing your journey, it's just it's just really incredible. Like even before the business, currently in the business and the growth trajectory you guys have for the next few years, it's very exciting. I'm very glad to know you. And I hope that everyone who listened in, you got some value out of the podcast. So that's about it. Thanks so much, everyone. Appreciate you for the time. And we will see you on the next one. Thanks, take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us for the HVAC Financial Freedom Podcast. Follow us on StreamYard, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and check out our main website, www.hvacfinancialfreedom.com to find out how you can also achieve financial freedom.